0: section ninety of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter nineteen this is the state of man in prosperous fortune a shadow passing light throws to the ground joys baseless fabric in adversity comes malice with a sponge moistened in gall and wipes each beauteous character away aeschylus the weather had now set in wet everything without was cheerless within was dull and surrounded with all that wealth and luxury could furnish lady rossville felt that neither could protect their possessors against weariness and satiety delmore had taught her to despise the society of the neighbourhood and since her return she had kept rather aloof from any intercourse but she would now have been glad of any one to break the tedium of the maternal tete-a-tete her reading her music her drawing her embroidery were all tried and all failed to interest or amuse for her ardent but ill-regulated mind sought in every occupation not the medicine to cure but the aliment to feed her distempered fancy delmore voluntarily absent from her was the idea that haunted her day and night to look at his picture to shed tears over it to begin letters of reproach only to be torn to think of whether she ought ever to see him again were the chief resources against the weariness of existence the third day of incessant rain was drawing to a close the mother and daughter were together in the saloon when the countess rose and opened a window for the fifth time within the last hour to see whether the rain was not abating but it fell thicker than ever everything was dripping but there was not a breath of wind to relieve the surcharged trees of their moisture no living thing was to be seen except now and then a bird which shot silently past not a sound was to be heard except the sullen roar of the river as it was urged along beyond its natural course lady Rosville, in despair was about to shut the window when dimly discernible through the mist and rain she descried a carriage approaching it is delmore after all thought she with a throb of delight he is meant to take me by surprise and all sadness and ennui fled at that idea mamma it is he is there is a carriage cried she in all the flutter of joy as a hack and for with one gentleman inside wheeled rapidly round to the entrance and was lost to sight in a second the door was thrown open no name was announced but preceded by the groom of the chambers there entered lewiston at sight of him gertrude stood immovable while mrs st clair uttering a shriek clapped her hands before her eyes as if to shut out the dreadful apparition he only smiled at this salutation and approaching the countess held out his hand to her with the freedom of an old acquaintance but her cheeks glowed with indignation while she turned from him with an air of lofty disdain he looked at her for a moment with an expression half menacing half ironical then turned to mrs st clair who trembling and convulsed rested her head upon a table as if not daring to look up this intrusion is too much said the countess as she moved towards the bell but in passing her mother caught her gown with almost frantic energy and without raising her head exclaimed in a low gasping tone gertrude gertrude have mercy upon me then making a violent effort she rose and tottered rather than walked a few steps towards lewiston and extending her hands tried to welcome him but her face was ghastly and the words died upon her lips why what is all this said he in his usual tone a familiar assurance as he took her hands in his you look as though you had seen a ghost my good lady instead of an old friend but don't be afraid i am not from the other world only from the wrong side of this one with my honest trudge here patting a great sneaking lurcher which stuck to him like a burr and he laughed pardon me said mrs st clair but the surprise i believed you ay but her lips seemed parched and her tongue as though it clove to the roof of her mouth she could not proceed it must be apparent to you sir said lady Rossville haughtily while yet her heart trembled within her that your presence was unlooked for is unwelcome added she as even while she spoke he seated himself and smiled saucily. her indignation got the better of her fear i know not who you are said she again approaching the bell and i receive no visitors who are unknown to me again mrs st clair caught her gertrude dearest gertrude be quiet all will be well the countess was going to order her servants to show me to the door was she demanded lewiston in the same insulting tone of irony but her ladyship may spare herself the trouble i have sent off the chaise this will be my home for some time will it not to mrs st clair lady Rossville disengaged herself from her mother and rang the bell with violence gertrude will you destroy me exclaimed mrs st clair in a voice of agony that thrilled to her daughter's heart and made her pause when the summons was answered nothing nothing thompson cried mrs st clair eagerly to the servant shut the door that's all gertrude's face was in a glow with the emotions that struggled in her breast to be thus braved in her own house her resentment mocked her power as it were annihilated her mother trembling before a menial or at least one whom she herself only recognized as the husband of a menial her brain felt as on fire and she stood speechless from excess of agitation so you thought i suppose i had gone to davy's locker said lewiston addressing mrs st Clair. i read the account of the shipwreck of the dauntless by the bye it was in the same paper with the old gentleman's death for these things are sometimes a long while of reaching us on t'other side the atlantic so when i saw how the land lay thinks i tis time i was off to pay my respects to the countess she hasn't given me a very kind reception though but wasn't it a luckiness that i had changed my ship some poor devil of a jack lapsley it was i think was in a hurry to be off and i gave up my berth to him and waited for the next the hebe wasn't i good-natured but i am very good-natured and virtue you know is always its own reward eh if such are your friends said lady rossfield addressing her mother in a voice almost inarticulate this house is no longer a residence for me and again ringing the bell which was instantly answered probably from mr thompson having stationed himself outside the door she desired her carriage to be got ready immediately then rushing past the servant she flew to her own apartment there her exasperated spirit gave way to tears and she wept in uncontrollable agony in a few minutes she was followed by mrs st Clair but on her entrance gertrude turned away her head from her as if determined to listen to nothing she could say gertrude said her mother in a deep and agitated voice but she made no answer gertrude cried she again as she would have taken her hand but the countess withdrew it gertrude repeated she and she sank on her knees at her daughter's feet lady rossville started up in horror but her mother clung to her gown do not turn from me cried she wildly but tell me can i do more to soften you on my knees i beg of you to have mercy upon me oh exclaimed gertrude with a shudder as she sought to raise her mother no i have to beg for my life for my fame at your hands this is too dreadful exclaimed the countess if you would not drive me to distraction rise will you then hear me i will i will anything but this mrs st clair rose gertrude you may bring me yet lower than you have now seen me you may bring me to my grave oh that i were already there cried she with a burst of tears tell me only tell me the meaning of this horrid mystery said gertrude trying to speak calmly tell me why that man dares to treat me as he does oh do not in mercy to yourself and me do not ask me lady Rossville stood for some moments with her eyes bent upon the ground while her colour gradually rose till her very brow was crimson then in a voice of assumed calmness which only spoke repressed agony she said speaking slowly am i the daughter of thomas st clair then raising her clasped hands to her forehead she pressed them upon it as if to still the throbbings of her brain mrs st clair looked upon her with a wild and ghastly stare her very lips turned white and she seemed as if bereft of all power of reply but by a sudden revulsion the blood flew to her face and she said in a tone of bitterness even this humiliation i will endure as i hope to be saved i was ever a true and faithful wife so judge me heaven there was a fervour and solemnity in the appeal which carried conviction lady rosville uncovered her eyes and fetched her breath and a pause ensued which after some minutes mrs st clair gathered courage to break it is in vain that you would seek to penetrate the mysterious tie which links my fate with that of lewiston and which extends even to you and it will be no less vain to attempt to free yourself from his power hear me gertrude hear me you promised you would if it were possible if it were in human endeavour can you for a moment imagine that i would submit to what you have witnessed and tears of passion drop from her eyes still less can i imagine any cause which can make you submit to it said the countess and it is impossible that i should i will not i cannot do it be the consequences what they may at that moment her maid entered to say her ladyship's carriage was waiting and while she spoke the rain fell like a water-spout that is enough let it wait said her mistress who in the tumult of her mind forgot all feelings of humanity for man or beast the abigail withdrew to agree with mr thompson that something strange was certainly going on but what they could not divine the gentleman in the saloon had ordered up some luncheon for himself and was eating and drinking to his heart's content while the ladies were above stairs all in tears twas strange twas passing strange no sooner was this interruption over than mrs st clair exclaimed go go then but i will also go not in my carriage attended as you are but even as i am on foot and alone without even a cloak to cover me it is no idle threat i here solemnly swear that if you this day leave your house i too leave it never to return it required no very high feelings of filial duty to turn with horror from such an alternative aggravated as it was by every circumstance which could give effect to the picture her mother but lately recovered from a severe illness and yet far from well driven from her daughter's house exposed to the inclemency of the weather it was too dreadful to be dwelt upon lady rossville felt as though her senses would forsake her and she said in a vacant dejected manner do what you will mrs st clair seized her daughter's hands and pressed them repeatedly to her lips calling her at the same time by every endearing epithet for gertrude sat in passive endurance and as if scarcely conscious of the caresses lavished upon her her mother then rung for her maid to dismiss the carriage and order her to bring some drops from her dressing-room for the countess who had been overcome she said at sight of an old friend of her father's and having both administered and partaken of them she saw her laid upon a couch to rest and leaving her in charge of masham she returned to the saloon to her guest end of section ninety